0: one dude for week 10 baby welcome into the show this week and i cannot wait because we're here my favorite show to do outside of the live streams when we get to engage with you the audience on the podcast on the youtube version is that one dude where if you're brand new and you don't know what this is even talking about we take one player at each position and this week i might break that rule and give you a little bit of advice on a secondary player from a position and we try and find guys that are below five percent ownership or around six seven or maybe even two percent on low owned players at each position that can give you some sort of leverage in your lineups you're building a chalky lineup this is all for gpps this is gpp strategy you're building a chalky lineup you insert one of these guys maybe that fixes it for you if you're not getting off of a chalky stack like potentially the rams this week or potentially the buffalo bills stacks which looks like they're going to be a little bit more chalky so we're going to be going here for leverage we're trying to find low owned guys at each position quarterback running back wide receiver side end. don't give me none of that defense shit i don't want to hear sal this, this, this is the questions that i get sal but which defense do you like you kidding me have you been here when was the first time that you you landed on the daily fantasy sports page or Salvetri's page? Defenses are as random as they get. Here's how you get to pick your defense this week. I don't, don't want to hear whose defense, out whose defense. All right, if you don't have a projection for a defense, I'll just put the same for every single one, six, and just randomize it. But if you really want to get creative with this, put on a piece of paper all of the 22 defenses on the slate or whatever it might be, put them all in your washing machine, let it spin for about two minutes, and then draw one out, and that's the defense you're playing. And if they're above 2,500, you throw that one out, and then you do it again. That's how you do it. Just go for cheap defenses. I don't want to hear nothing else. There's your strategy for that. And let's get to the rest of these positions. But before we do and mind that rant, please do hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button as this is one of our most popular videos of the week and getting to 35,000 subscribers as we're inching uh, our way towards that would be very cool before Christmas, honestly. And maybe we get the bump before then. In this video, oh, this video is sponsored by Super Jeff. And look, 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 look. I, I literally feel like that we're, we're gonna bankrupt this company in Super Jeff. If you're not familiar, it's a multiplier format. It's not like a salary cap base. Basically like Kyler Murray this week has a 1X multiplier. If he scores 26 points, he gets 26 points. But you have guys on here, like let's say Baker Mayfield, with a 1.5x multiplier. If he scores 20 points, he gets 30 points and he actually outscores Kyler because he has a higher multiplier. I have projections on my Patreon link down below. You can check that out. But SuperDraft has been fantastic. So uh, we have had somebody win over $30,000 in SuperDraft. We had somebody take down $6,000 a week ago. And it's every single slate, every single showdown slate that we go live. I had people in the Discord win first place $3,000 in the Thursday showdown slate. And second place, it was like $1,750, overall over $1,800. So the Patrons are feeling real good right now. In the Discord, everybody's having a good time. I saw some other people in there winning three, four, five, dollars. So everybody right now is feasting on that. If you have any decent set of projections on Superdraft, there is no professionals over there. Think about it. Those people are putting all their time into DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo to an extent, sports betting now with player props being legalized in probably a lot of their states. They're not spending their time to go and play on Superdraft at this point, and the contests still don't fill. There is now $25,000 Ruskies to first on Sunday slate, and if you use my promo code SAL, this is how you do it, S-A-L, when you sign up, they will give you a free money bonus up to $1,000 in a slow drip format. You get 50% up to $1,000 rooskies. They give it to you as you play. So check out Superdraft on telling you right now, especially if you are a patron and you actually have access to these projections, or you want to become a patron and you are not yet playing on Superdraft, you are leaving money on the table. If you don't win in your first time playing, which I mean, you're going to have a really good chance if you have these projections and you're playing multiple liners, but if you don't win, you're going to eventually win. Just ask the people in the discord, check out Superdraft, link down below, promo code Sal, S-A-L, lets them know that you came from me. Let's get into this bad boy now we're going to be talking about as we go through the quarterback position, which I'll be honest with you, the quarterback position has efficient ownership this week. And what does that mean? Well, the guys who are going to be chalky probably should be chalky coming in at 10 plus percent owned. And I'm trying to look for a guy who's below 5% owned. And that becomes difficult on a quarterback slate where guys like Aaron Rodgers, I have at seven projected ownership. I have all ownership projections if you want to follow along on my Patreon link down below. I have all player projections and rankings and a bunch of other stuff linked down below as well. Patreon.com backslash sal underscore veteran underscore two is picking up ownership. I thought he might be that one dude. He's looking above the 5% threshold. Justin Herbert, all these guys that I want to play are above this 5% threshold. And now there's one guy because of his price point and because of his stacking options. And honestly, his like point per dollar value isn't that great, but we know he has a ceiling and he's leading all players this year. fantasy points per game, and that is Russell Wilson in terms of DraftKings points, he's coming in right around 5%, but I thought it would get a little bit more creative than just going with Russell Wilson here, so what we're going to do is go for a guy who I currently have projected for 2% ownership, and that man is a rookie this year, and I wish it was Justin Herbert, but he's not making the threshold right now, so if you want to just look for a guy who's going to be lower owned, and the upside of a lower owned stack, this is probably something I would only play in millimakers if you're going to play it, not something that are playing like higher stakes, so there's only like two or 300 people in a contest, but come on down, Joseph Burrow out of LSU, look, Joey Burrow right now, at 2% owned, I will be interested in having some shares doesn't mean I'm getting 20% owned of these guys that I mentioned here. If I get 4%, I'm going to be leveraging the field by double, right? That's the type of thing that we're looking for here to get some leverage. And this is a week where you don't really have to leverage too much on the quarterback position, because as always, ownership, in my opinion, does not mean that much for your quarterbacks. It means always something ownership. But if you have a quarterback, that's going to be let's just say even like this week, if we have Deshaun Watson coming at a 10% owned or somewhere around there, that does not mean Deshaun Watson is going to be 10% owned in his game stacks or his team stacks. If you play him with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, that might only be 1%. owned. If you run him back with somebody from the opposing team, this week, the Cleveland Browns and Jarvis Landry, or you punt at a tight end with Austin Hooper, and that might be less than 1%. On. So you don't have to worry as much with the quarterback as long as you're playing properly, stacking things like that. We can teach you how to do so on Patreon on the GPP strategy show on Sunday mornings. But Joe Burrow, he's going to have a huge pass blocking disadvantage this week. It is the highest one I have ever seen in pro football focus history at minus 103% because they have the twenty-six ranked pass blocking unit and Pittsburgh has a number one pass rush pressuring at a clip of 37%. The Steelers ranked fifth in allowing the least passing yards of 215 per game. But this is the thing, right? so there's a couple things as to why joe burrow is at least worth mentioning one he's obviously low owned at this point. point two he has clear stacking options and now there's going to be no joe mixon so he has three clear stacking options with tyler Boyd, t higgins and also AJ Green. And out of those stacking options, I honestly, as Auden Tate gets on the field more and is pushing AJ Green, I honestly like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd the most. If you were to stack this thing up right now, they project out the best for me. So that's part of it. And also he's throwing the most in the NFL right now. 41.2 attempts per game is the most in the NFL per game. At this point, point. 47 red zone attempts is the seventh most and his passing year is a top eight, just based on volume. So he hasn't been all that efficient all season long. And now you're telling me that he's going to have to continue to play from behind in these games or we're looking at right now, he's gonna have to continue to probably throw 40 plus times. If Joe Burrow throws 50 times in this game, he's gonna have to be really inefficient to not at least get you to the 300 yard bonus. I mean, if you're seeing 50 pass attempts and he's averaging only six yards per attempt, you're still getting that 300 yard bonus and you're hoping to find your way into some touchdowns. Again, I would prefer to go up to some other guys. I'd prefer to just play 20% of like a 10% owned Kyler Murray or 10% owned Deshaun Watson. But for the purposes of the show, if we're looking for a lower owned guy, I believe it is Joe Burrow, who is averaging 19.3 fantasy points per game. Not terrible. Who is right now seventh overall in accuracy, which has been a big improvement after his first week or two in the season. And the nice thing, even though there's going to be a lot of pressure here, the nice thing that stands out to me, he has the mobility on the ground. He does have three rushing touchdowns this year, which is fifth overall for quarterbacks, seventh in completed air yards. Joe Burrow has upside. Now he's facing his toughest task yes, without a doubt. But if he's going to throw 40 plus times for sure and closer to 45 to 50 times in this game and gets any sort of protection, the 300 yard bonus is in play. The rushing upside is in play. And then you're just hoping that he scores two to three touchdowns instead of zero to two touchdowns through the air. So Joe Burrow for me is that one dude at the quarterback position. If you play Joe Burrow this week, the only way I am playing him is if you stack him up with Tyler Boyd and or T Higgins, I would prefer the flowing game stack in your the run runback option for me. Number one runback option this week would be Chase Claypool, who uh, we're not going to get to him in this video, but he's going to be low owned and he has a lot of upside in terms of my projection. So that'd be the low owned stack if you're looking for one that's going to be like 1% owned for a millimaker maker type of a build and has some upside to it, in my opinion. Next up is where we're going to go at the running back position and the running back position this week. Look, we know what's happening. If you've seen these videos, you have Mike Davis coming in right now at like 17 and a half, 18 fantasy point projection at just 4k. That looks very good. I might play 100%. I- I'm not going to personally put him into 150 of my lineups, but if the optimizer puts him based on the projections, I'm not changing it. I'm okay getting 100%. Duke Johnson now with David Johnson ruled out with a concussion also looks very good at this point. My second best play of the day. I'm not shocked if I get like 90% Mike Davis and like 70% Duke Johnson in my lineup crunches. Maybe I'll have to manually change some things, but that's how good those two plays are this week. If you're eating chalk and leveraging the field that way, I think it's okay. You just have to get very different in your stacks, which i.e. the Joe Burrow Bengals. But I think there's some options for lower owned guys. And one of the lower owned guys that we talked about in the videos that is a direct pivot off of Duke Johnson, who's the reason why he's not coming in with any of ownership closer to 5% than Duke. Johnson's probably closer to 20 plus percent is because he's only a hundred dollars more than Duke Johnson this week and that is the rookie in the Detroit backfield DeAndre Swift. So DeAndre Swift right now he's going to be featuring a 19% run blocking advantage this week against Washington who ranks overall number 12 in run defense and this is a nice situation for DeAndre Swift because again low ownership here and I do think that you're going to get a much riskier role like Duke Johnson came out and saw 20 touches last week but that is exactly why Duke Johnson right now let me pull up Duke Johnson's total ownership that is why I have Duke Johnson coming in around 20% as of right now and I think that number only goes up. Whereas right now you're getting about a quarter of that ownership on DeAndre Swift at 5%. Do we think that just one out of five times that we can get DeAndre Swift to outduel Duke Johnson here? Yes, without a doubt, I think we do. And I think that there's a chance that Duke Johnson comes into this game and he sees a lot of receptions playing from behind like Vegas and the gates and Duke Johnson scores 20 plus fantasy points. But I also think that there's a chance that he has a very similar role to what David Johnson has had in the past, where Deshaun Watson doesn't check down to you as much, you get like two targets, and then you're just gonna have like 14 carries on the ground. And you better hope you find the end zone on that. Otherwise, you're busting at 20 plus percent So this DeAndre Swift play is not so much a leverage off of the the game environment, but mainly the price point of Duke Johnson for $100 more. Now, DeAndre Swift, like I said, the positive run blocking advantage. He saw 16 touches in week nine, five targets for 97 yards on a 42% snap share. That five targets tied a season high where he has now seen at least four targets in every single game this year. He has not seen below four targets and he has not seen above five targets. So you can feel pretty consistent every single week that you're going to see four or five targets out of him. Now his snaps went back down to 41%, which is tied for the lowest that he's seen since week four, which was a concern. But the upside here was still saw two red zone targets and still saw those six, opportunities, which so far this year, he's seen 16 opportunities just one other time when he saw 18 in week six. So it's without a doubt that he's more involved now, because you can see in three out of his last four games, he's seen 14 or more opportunities in each of them. And in the one game where he didn't, which was actually week eight, he ended up seeing 10 opportunities. He only put up 5.3 fantasy points. You need to get the work in the passing game for DeAndre Swift. He can get those 13 carries, second most he's seen in the year in week nine, and that'd be fantastic. But we more so need to see him five reception game like he had in week two, when he scores 12.2 fantasy points, or some of his four reception games where he's scoring over 10 fantasy points for for us. DeAndre Swift is a boom bust type of a play because of his usage being so sporadic. If you get 16 touches and four to five are in the receiving game, there's a good chance DeAndre Swift is going to be paying off for you close to 20 fantasy points if he finds the end zone. And at that point, he is probably outscoring Duke Johnson in more times than not. So DeAndre Swift at a quarter of the ownership of Duke Johnson is basically just a leverage play off of some of your Duke Johnson lineups, meaning that if you're playing a very chalky lineup, you have Mike Davis, you're playing Devonta Adams, you're playing a Rams stack. Like that's going to be one of the chalkiest types of builds you can make if you just rotate out Duke Johnson, which would be the chalk festival chalk fest in that lineup and you pulled Duke Johnson out of that, and you put in DeAndre Swift, bam, that lineup probably just became unique more times than not. So right now, DeAndre Swift in his matchup against the Washington football team is going to be a that one dude at the running back position. And now we get into what is usually my favorite parts is when we start talking about wide receivers because there's so many, especially this week when the wide receivers are going to be direct leverage off of Mike Davis's price point and just lead you to more natural bids. Again, I don't really want to get off Mike Davis that much. I can play these cheaper wide receivers at 3% owned and also play Mike Davis, and it actually makes me unique more times than not. There is a lot of wide receivers that I like this week, and and there's like, honestly, a lot. I'll mention a couple of them in passing just so that you guys know where some of the low-one guys are. But for the most part, you can sign up for Patreon, patreon.com, backslash sal underscore vetri underscore. You get projections, rankings. My ownership projections are now on there. We have a bunch of other stuff as well: showdown information. We'll have a closing thoughts GPP show on Sunday. Me going through my exposures. If you play with an optimizer, me going through my rules and groups. And even if you just play a couple of lineups, it's going to help you a ton in terms of these are the quarterbacks that you actually should be playing. These are the ones that all the touts and people are telling you about. And they actually are not the great play because of this, this, and that, ownership, price. I'll Leverage, whatever it might be. And we go through and we help you out build better lineups, right? This is the whole point of it. The more informed you are, the better your chance of winning. You can check it out. Link down below is my Patreon. So, getting into the wide receivers now, I'm going to talk about two wide receivers and then I'll give you a quick one in passing. Then we'll get to tight end and we'll get to also the punt spot, which there's a lot of punt options this week. Before we keep going, please do hit the like button. Hit the big old subscribe, and I appreciate you a ton. We're talking about Alan Lazard this week, who right now is going to be potentially playing. He's going to be ruled as questionable. The goal is to always have him back by week 10 for the Green Bay Packers. And it's a total misprice here on Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is somebody that I want to have a good amount. Of and depending on Alan Lazard's status, we'll probably decide how much Aaron Rodgers I have. Why do you say that, Sal? What does that even mean? Well, Alan Lazard is four thousand dollars. If I get Alan Lazard and maybe I get like 10% of him, eight percent of him, maybe twelve, whatever it is, like three, four times the field. If I'm getting that much, it probably means that I'm tied to him more with Aaron Rodgers and getting more Packers stacks. And a lot of those Packers stacks are probably just gonna be full game stacks. If they are, it's gonna be Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard running back with somebody on the other team, which has a ton of options. Lavisca Shinalta now out. There's like four solid options to run it back with at this point, maybe even five. You can argue with me if you Want to talk about Tyler Eifert on the Jag side of this game. So I think Alan Lazard's status will make me get a lot more from doing full-on game stacks of Packers stacks in general. Dealing with a core muscle injury, he had core muscle surgery. He's likely to see CJ Henderson, which is no big deal at all. He's allowing 1.62 yards per cover out this year. Alan Lazard has a 17% target share on 5.7 targets per game this year, 85 yards per game, and he plays a third of his snaps out of the slot this year. Now he's only played in three games, so it is a small sample. But the Packers this offseason, Aaron Rodgers, who, if he talks a guy up, he definitely likes him. I mean, we've seen this in the past. He talked up Jordy Nelson when Jordy Nelson was the wide receiver to there. He talked up Randall Cobb when Randall Cobb was just a special teams wide receiver. And then he ends up being two of his most productive receivers. And oh yeah, he talked up Devontae Adams and all the offseason work that he was doing and things like that. Then you can look at the complete opposite side of that for guys that never actually really got a chance out there. Uh, Jared Aberdavis. Uh, you also have Jet Janice, these guys that just never really earned his trust. Now you have Alan Lazar being this next guy who's getting a lot of credit. And in week one, Alan Lazard over 18 fantasy points. In week two, seven and a half, but he sees five targets. And the week after that, they also didn't have to throw as much in the second half. Devontae Adams got hurt and they basically just handed the ball off a ton. And then in week three versus Denoris Jenkins in the Saints. He plays 95% of the snaps, and then he ends up putting up 146 yards of touchdown, 26.4 fantasy points. So, a guy like Alan Lazard, and it's mainly the price point. If you just get Alan Lazard out there and you get what's probably going to be a standard six, seven targets out of him, especially since it's just been all the Devontae Adams show right now, I think Alan Lazard is a very strong play at what I currently have projected. And these are the ownership projections for the guys we talked about. Burrow around 2 or 3%, DeAndre Swift right now around 6 or 7%, Alan Lazard somewhere around 5% at this point. Go ahead and get Alan Lazard. He's our that one dude, number one at the wide receiver position. Because, oh, yes, we have another option as well. And I'm surprised to see this guy's price still at the flat minimum. I think DraftKings is messed up here. And honestly, this could just be a punt play, right? I could just say this is a punt play. This guy's only 3% owned, but I think he's that good of a play that I'm going to put him in the wide receiver section as well. And then we can talk about a couple other punt plays after we discuss tight ends. And that man's name for the Miami Dolphins is Jakeem Grant. I have Jakeem Grant around 3% owned right now, and Jakeem Grant is only $3,000. And the big reason why Jakeem Grant looks good is, well, he's $3,000 still, so he's a nice punt play, but there's actually upside in Jakeem Grant now. Jakeem Grant has been playing a lot more. So Isaiah Ford, this team let go. And and he was picked up by the new england patriots about a week ago so this past week was Jakeem grant's first week of being the full-on starter for his team in the slot that is and he plays 60 of the snaps by far the most he's played on the season the highest before that was 54 in week one and then after that you're just looking at like 30 snaps here so he plays 60 of the snaps he ties for his second most routes run of the year with 21 and he sees five targets which is a season high for him four receptions also ties the season high so he comes out and he scores seven and a half fantasy points the most that he scored on the entire season if you take out his punt return touchdown a couple weeks back and the usage looked fantastic and now preston williams finds himself on the ir so jakeem grant goes from being wide receiver four to isaiah ford getting cut wide receiver three now plays a season high in snaps he's a season high in targets overall he's looking pretty good now the wide receiver two in preston williams goes down and now jakeem grants the wide receiver two so what is the bump for him now i don't think it's insane i don't think he goes from five to ten targets although i think that's possible i don't think it's likely but i think it's possible i think maybe he goes from five to seven targets at three thousand dollars lap if you're looking at 10 fantasy points which i currently haven't projected as you can see on the screen right now we've been putting the projections if you're listening on the podcast as well on the screen for some of these other guys just a little peek behind the curtain but jakeem grant i I currently have projected for 10.6 fantasy points at his price point. It makes him my number one point per dollar wide receiver play this week in a week where there's a lot of nice wide receiver plays. He's the only one that crosses a three X multiplier for me in terms of my value point per dollar bang for your buck. And I have him at 3.53 X because I haven't projected for 10.6 fantasy points. Look, wide receiver two, Preston Williams is on IR. He lines up 43% of the time on the right, 35% of the time on the left, 20% in the slot. So that's good to see. He'll see basically every cornerback, but the fact that he's not only playing in the slot is nice to see that they can put him on the outside and two wide receiver sets. He has over, 2.1 yards of separation per target. He has a 75% catch rate, which is also top 20 in the NFL right now. I like Jakeem Grant this week as a $3,000 flat punt play. I think you can play him with Mike Davis. Some people are going to want to play him without Mike Davis to get different builds. I think it's fine to play him with Mike Davis as well. So our two, that one dudes at the wide receiver position, $4,000 from the Green Bay Packers, Alan Lazard, and $3,000 minimum price, my number one point per dollar play from a wide receiver position, Jakeem Grant of the Miami Dolphins. Next up, we get into the tight end position, and please do hit the like button for me. Big ol' subscribe button pops up. If you're listening on the audio version, if you could take just 30 seconds and hit the subscribe button and leave a five star rating and review. If you're on an Apple device, it's just the Apple Podcast Player app. Or if you're on an Android device, you can use Stitcher. It really does help this podcast version of the show. We have a big YouTube following, but the podcast version, if you leave reviews, it lets more people find it. It's basically like the only way to get reach outside of just uh, natural discussing and talking about it and word of mouth marketing. So I appreciate you all a ton. And be sure to check out SuperDraft. Again, my name, promo code Sal, S A L. Every single slate that we have done, whether it's a Sunday main slate or the showdown slates on Monday or Thursday night, I have received a message from somebody winning at least four figures. That happened again on Thursday when somebody won $3,000 in first place. And then they ended up winning way more than that because they took down like some of the top 20 prizes as well. And then also on Thursday, we had somebody in the Discord not only win first, but another person won second for over $1,800 total in winnings on Superdraft. So be sure to check out Superdraft. We're going to bankrupt this company pretty soon by the wins that we're getting in the Discord. Look, the patrons right now are just armed. They're going to battle right now with the projections. They're going to battle with some ownership. They're going to battle with the knowledge of Superdraft and the community talking amongst themselves in the Discord right now. And they're just going to battle with these loaded rifles on top of hills. And you have a bunch of people just walking into battle with nothing and it's just a slaughterhouse right now for the patrons they're just taking all the money on super draft other people are just walking into the contest going all right we might try this thing out nope patrons are saying we got you we're loaded we're not even gonna have a chance at even seeing the top line that's what we're doing right now on patreon and the discord so check it all out try and get in there if you want to i mean right now on super draft promo code sound you get that bonus up to a thousand dollar ruskies so tight end position i like this tight end position you're gonna see some guys picking up a lot of ownership i mean darren Waller is like the only decent tight end this week so he's gonna be picking up a ton of ownership i currently have waller projected at around 15 percent owned, somewhere around there so he'll be in that top range of a couple other guys. And then there's just a bunch of tight ends that are like 5% on that all look pretty similar to me. Mike Gusecki, Jordan Reed with no right now Debo Samuel or Tevin Coleman to an extent, Eric Ebron, Rob Gronkowski. A lot of these guys look very similar. I'm going to choose the guy who's currently projecting for 6% ownership from the Denver Broncos. He's a pretty good option in stacks with Jerry Judy or even runbacks with both of those guys or one of them. If you're playing any Derek Carr stacks, I usually try to avoid those because I, I question the total ceiling of Derek Carr stacks, especially with Josh Jacobs fully off the injury report for the first time this year. We're talking about Noah here. the likelihood matchup against Corey Littleton is a very good one. Littleton has struggled to defend tight ends and now you're going to get probably arguably one of the top two or three most athletic tight ends in the NFL and no fan. I mean, you could just look at his combine metrics by far one of the most two or three athletic tight ends in the league right now. So 25% matchup advantage. He's seeing an 18% target share and top 10 target share in the red zone. This season His 340 yards are 13th in the NFL. As you can see on the screen, he's second overall in tight ends, deep shots with five so far of 20 plus yards this year and yards after the catch. Look, he's athletic fourth overall, 210 yards after the catch. The issue is that he is dropping past. But just three. I mean, this point in the season, if he only holds three by the end of the year, he'll probably be outside the top 10. But Noah Fan, if we just look at what I have him for a projection, at $4,900, I have him for 11.5 fantasy points. If I rank that by where that ranks in my overall tight end projections right now, it makes him my sixth overall point per dollar value. It makes him my number three overall tight end super draft play for you, but he's only 6% owned. So, out of all these guys right now who are projected up here, it's only Noah Fan and Logan Thomas who are going to be in my top six that are projected for less than 10% ownership. So, Noah Fan is somebody that I would go to in both cash and GPP formats, as this is a GPP show. I think it's interesting. The other thing, I've had some questions on Tyler Higby. He is going to be unowned. But he doesn't run a lot of routes, but in this nice game environment, he could be somebody to look at at just $3,700. I have him projected for just 2% ownership right now, although he's projected for eight fantasy points. Not the greatest output. You're playing for a touchdown there, but he is somebody in that game environment that is cheaper, that gets you exposure to Seattle versus the Rams. Let's finish the show up with two punt options, and they're going to be from the same team, so it could be pretty quick that we could talk about this. You had LaVisca Chenault ruled out, and I've been talking about in the shows all week that I do think Chris Conley and Keelan Cole are fine options. So now Chenault is out with the hamstring. I honestly thought that you had Keelan Cole looking good either way, but now that we actually get the word that we're not going to have any LaVisca Chenault in this game. It makes me like Chris Conley a lot more. And it makes me like Keelan Cole a good amount as well. So look, if you're trying to play a one-off option, I do prefer Jakeem Grant because he's going to be low on. But Chris Conley downfield options are going to be nice. He's coming off of a game last week where he caught seven passes on eight targets for 52 yards with Jake Luton. Part of that was when Chenault was in. Most of it was when he was out. And there's just a lot of things working in their favor. Look, they're going to be in a game environment when they're trailing and having to play from behind as two touchdown underdogs in this one. There's not going to be any Jair Alexander for the Packers. He is likely to be out. He is doubtful, right? now, Jair Alexander, the number one shutdown cornerback in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. So now Josh Jackson is going to go on DJ Shark. That's an easy, easy, easy spot for DJ Shark to take advantage of. Keep an eye on the weather of this game. It could get messy, so just keep a close eye on the Vegas odds if they start to drop on Sunday. Maybe we stay away, but that still gives us some opportunities with Keelan Cole, who's coming out of the slot right now. He'll face Chandler Sullivan, who probably stays in the slot as the cornerback there, even with no Jair Alexander out there. He's giving up 1.41 yards per cover out. Anything over like 1.25, 1.2 starts to become not good. Honestly, anything over like one, starts to become eh this guy's like okay it's not great anything closer to 1.5 is like oh no this guy's just not great Cole has seen a 14% target share five per game so far this year playing about 65% of his snaps out of the slot so far 48 yards per game I believe D.D. Westbrook is not even gonna be on this active roster I think he got hurt on a kickoff return some point this year he's only seen four targets over the last two games Keelan Cole so that's a concern that Jake Luton didn't look his way now with no Visca Chenault now with a pretty nice matchup in the slot at $3,400 I'm fine going to Keelan Cole but if I had to pick a wide receiver from this team I think it would be Chris Conley for a couple of reasons Chris Conley is going to give you higher upside. Keelan Cole, maybe he gets you a touchdown, but you're not going to have the highest air yards or the highest average up the target like Chris Conley will see. And last week with Jake Luton, Chris Conley didn't see a ton of air yards, just 43, but he saw the targets that we like to see. And he has that downfield ability, seven catches, 52 yards. He had 12.2 fantasy points, and he's just $3,000 flat. And the thing that makes it even more enticing is if Jair Alexander is out, Josh Jackson's going to be going over to uh, probably DJ Shark, and you're going to just get nobody. Maybe you get Josh Jackson on Chris Conley, and that's completely fine for me. Josh Jackson allowing a 66% catch rate this year but you're just going to get nobody like no names right now are going to be going over on Chris Conley and he saw these eight targets last week so those are guys that I think are punt options both from the Jaguars because of the fact that they allow you to get a lot more in that game if you want to game stack it and they're also going to be low owned at this point they're both going to be coming in with probably like two or three percent ownership at most so those are some punt options this week and that is that one duo in full we have a three percent two percent on Joe Burrow and under eight percent owned DeAndre Swift five percent on Alan Lazard three percent on Jakeem Grant at the flatman no fan around five or six percent on but also Tyler Higby would be like a decent option there who's not going to be owned at all and then the punt options both from the Jaguars Chris Conley and Keelan Cole if you wanted to run back any Packers stacks there I think it's pretty good to get a cheap guy in those stacks So thank you so much for tuning into this video I greatly appreciate it the punt tight end of the week is going to be Tyler Eifert as well we talked about that in the previous video you didn't see the previous video you can check those all out they're up on the YouTube channel right now we're going to be doing a live stream on Sunday morning at 10 a.m east coast time and our Sunday morning around 7 a.m it usually drops patreon podcast going over GBP strategy in depth my exposures the rules and stuff you should be setting the guys that you should be staying away from that everybody else is, for some reason, hyping up, even though they do not look good from a GPP standpoint. More information you have, the better chances of winning. I, I try to smack you with the information here. If you want even more in-depth information, projections, ownership projections that we use during the show, the point projections, values, rankings, all this stuff, link down below on Patreon. You can check it out. There's, that's just part of what's offered down there. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore veteran underscore. Like and subscribe before you go. Support the sponsor of the show, Super Draft. If you want to win even more dollar skis, promo code Sal gets you the bonus over there. I'll see you all in the next one, gang, 10 a.m. live tomorrow morning on Sunday. Football week 10 is almost here. I cannot wait. It is football Eve, baby. Best of luck, everybody, and I'll see you in the next one.